Yes, it is. It is that time of the day. Good afternoon, Samuel Chisichetti. How are you today? I am well, Alida. How are you going? <laughs> I'm going well on another <laughs> lovely day in Bendigo. It is indeed. <laughs> so we're, we're uh, still continuing our program at yes. the moment where we've been looking at the Ten Commandments and we've, yeah. we've been spending a good amount of time on it mm-hmm. because it's one of those things sometimes uh, I know Christians sort of think that that's all old hat. We're yeah. in the New Testament now, so none of that applies. That's right. But uh, we've been going through it and uh, reminding ourselves in fact, yep. that God's mind doesn't change on things. That's right. And that these things still matter and they are still very important to living a Christian life. That's right. Yep. So we are up to the commandment. I was not- going to just say something before yeah. you get there. Mm. You see those things that you put behind you, you're like, oh, this doesn't concern me anymore. You can then find out that you actually you, you're violating these commandments every day and you're expecting that you would be guiltless because you just told yourself, no, this is not concerning me anymore. Yeah. That's no, right. that's right. Yeah. yeah, so you haven't really got a proper check. And and that is is coupled by, I'm probably going to get into theological controversy straight away, it is coupled by a very, very bizarre, uh, I would say wrong theology that is developed over a certain period of time within the evangelical, uh, you know, uh, scholasticism, uh, which goes that well, you know, once you're saved, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, right? Mm. And and I, I don't think the people who say that believe that, uh, because if you put in front of them some cases that are quite way out, outrageous, they're going to say, well, not that. But you say, well, tell me where the cutoff is. Anyway, so I just am saying that the commandment of the Lord is perfect and they need to be looked at and kept perfectly. That's what David says in Psalm 119. Yes. All right. All right. (laughs) Okay. So we are up to commandment number? Number three. Number three, which says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, that's the translation that I've always grown up with. Yes. And uh, within the context of the NIV at the moment that I have in front of me, it actually doesn't use that terminology, take the name of the Lord your God in vain. What does the NIV say? It says, do not misuse the name of the Lord. Don't misuse the name of the Lord. Yes. Anyone guiltless who misuses God's name. So the the question today then is, as we unravel this particular commandment, is does this commandment just mean do not use God's name as a profanity, or does it mean more than that, or doesn't it mean that at all? Does it mean something completely different? (laughs) Yes, very good question, Alida. Uh, we've got there's, there's a number of layers mm. that we have to basically uh, you know, peel off, if you will, uh, to really understand the breadth of this commandment. This is the commandment that in you know in in uh, um, in rabbinical Judaism, if you will, uh, the saying goes: When God gave this commandment, the whole world trembled. Okay. The whole world. Mm-hmm. This is the trembling, the trembling commandment. It is the scariest of all commandments, and it is a commandment that should be paid attention to uh, in in the most profound way. If you remember, the first commandment was the commandment of Emunah, which is the commandment of faith, which is the commandment of truth. I am the Lord your God, uh, who took you out of the house of slaves. And the second commandment, uh, you know, 
there shall not be to you the God of others. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And it, that is a commandment of grace. And the commandment of grace, which means God actually lets, you know, things go, you know, from, you know, Hatta to Pesha to Havon, you know, in three, four generations without having basically punished the generation waiting for people to repent. And then when you get to fourth generation, then he stops things. You remember that? that? Yes, that was the light bulb was, moment last that's week. That's exactly yes. right. Yeah. It's the commandment of the grace of God, the long-suffering of God. Mm. The When he lets a sinner go and, and break the command and then, you know, cross the boundary and then remove the boundary altogether and, and get perverted yeah. and all the way to the fourth generation and God is still like giving mercy and mercy and mercy. And then he goes, okay, that's now enough. So that's the commandment of grace. It's See what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So this, you, you know, don't take the God of orders for you. God, uh, and with the, with the consequence that follows, is a commandment of grace. Mm. Now, the third commandment is the fearful commandment. It's the trembling commandment. Yeah. The one that should scare every single person who hears it. This is why it is called that. The it's 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 say, it's said to be the the commandment that when it was given, the entire world, the entire universe trembled. Mm. Why? Because this commandment has that little part. I'm going to go back to the beginning there. But the last part, which we will look at, the Lord will not hold anybody guiltless who breaks this commandment. Mm. Like there is no escape. When this commandment is broken, the guilt is proclaimed. And that is it. There is no getting out of it. Because God takes this commandment very, very very seriously. Just I wanted to pause so that everyone can feel the weight of the commandment. Mm. So when you read it in, in uh, just read the first part, and then we'll do the second part, which is, you know, Lo Tisa et Hashem Adonai Elohecha Leshav, which means you shall not now, when you say you shall not tisa there, the word tisa, which has been translated uh, as, um, you know, to take, you know, thou shall not take, uh, is quite an interesting one. Um, because when you look at the formulation, the formulation of the word tisa, uh, it is the way the best way to translate it there is a number of formulations to sort of translate it it is to to take to let me actually actually pull all all the all the sort of meanings that uh tisa means so that you can sort of see what i'm i'm talking about you know just going to go a bit into my uh you know notes here now so to to tisa there is to take to carry to use. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, some translations, some uh, J- Jewish uh, uh, um, scholars would rather use do not carry. Do not carry is a lot closer, a lot closer to the word, Chisa, than take. Because they say don't take. It really doesn't make sense. That, that English translation doesn't really make a good sense to us. So to carry is the more the closest, and you'll see why once you understand the context, context behind do not carry. So do not carry, and the NIV says do not misuse, mm. 
because it's the closest in terms of sort of uh, our, you know, uh, contemporary English, you know, the word carry as it is used in in, in Hebrew uh, is better adapted by misuse, okay, misuse. Now, let's take that because you, the, your question is, well, does this mean just not using God's name in profanity or does it mean something more or does it not mean anything like that at all? So, the way to look at it is, you see, we are today very removed from the culture and from the tradition from which these commandments were given. Mm. I was reflecting this morning and I found out that, you know, the reason why God took so much time to build a people, a culture and a language to then give us his word and send the Messiah through it is because culture carries certain values that are unspoken. They're in there. Think about it if today, you know, you heard that, you know, a virgin girl had just gotten pregnant without any, you know, assistant of her. She just was betrothed to be married. And she started to say the Holy Spirit did this. And who's, going to, who's even going to pay attention? Mm. Even in the realm of, is this even possible? No, it, it, like nobody's going to even pay attention to it. The idea that there will be a Messiah would not make any sense to our culture today. No. See, yeah, we, we, the, the, the concept of a Savior, a Messiah, n- does not make no sense to us. We don't even understand the sense of being slaves. We are slaves right now, but we don't understand that we're slaves. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. So I'm saying that these, these, these words had to have cultural, contextual meanings. That's how God set it up that way. Now, you see, the Hebrews never even pronounced the name of God, let alone use it for profanity. Mm. You see, when you hear Hebrew prayers, you know, when it comes to being able to say the name of the tetragram, the name of God, as he revealed himself to Moses, they do not use it. Mm. They will say Hashem, which means the name, the word Shem, like uh, Lord Tisa et Shem Adonai. Uh, the word Shem means name. Right. Okay. So when they call the name of God, they say Hashem. Hashem. Now, the word Adonai, which is then translated in Greek, uh, Kurios, Adonai just means the Lord. Mm-hmm. All right. So they, they don't even pronounce the name of God. Let let alone use it as a profanity. Yeah. So we have gone really far. Just the fact that if you were, let's say, I heard about this Jewish scholar who, had, you know, he was he was not a Jewish scholar. He was sort of a, a Western scholar, but he was really acquainted with Jewish um, language. So he was so good, they invited him to go and speak in New York uh, into a Jewish synagogue. And, and when he started there, he was reading the scripture and then he pronounced the name of God. He said, Yahweh. And the entire audience in the synagogue gasped. <gasps> it's like, do not say it. Like, And that was the last time he'd ever been invited to speak there. Mm-hmm. The Jews do not pronounce the name of God. Why? Because the name of God is sacred. Mm. The name of God must be properly guarded god is unique is holy and so the the fact that they don't pronounce his name is because his name is too great and too holy to even be uttered right mm-hmm. so every time i've i've read i've, I've heard you know western s- scholars just go 
Well, you know, this commandment means don't say OMG or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, I know it's bad to go all the way to that because we're far removed. Uh, to And when they were saying do not pronounce the name of God, they just didn't mean mean one name. They mean all the names of God. So, you, for example, El Elohim, you know, yod Hey vav Hey, um, you know, Adonai, um, you know, Shaddai, Tavaot. All those names, there's about 32 of these names. Yeah. Right? And so, we cannot take that commandment and make it so light. It's, if you will say it with seriousness, that if, could you, do you think the people who say that in the pulpit really believe that the person who's, who, who, who used God's name as a curse word, do they think that that person is literally going to be held guiltless? Um, I think in the mind of those who, who in the Western tradition, talk about this commandment, they have it light in their mind. Yeah. I don't think they say it really like this is really serious. No. So it's a commandment that is basically lost its meaning. We don't really get what it means, yeah. but we still have to teach something about it. So we no, don't use God's name as a cuss word. But a whole bunch of people, including unbelievers and Christians, still use it. Yes. Yeah. So in a way, I think that way of using that text is just a misunderstanding. I'm not saying that people should go use God's word as a curse word. No. But because the layer to which this commandment is and means is far, far more than just this lightweight interpretation we've given it today. Mm. All right. Well, we're going to uncover that layer uh, after a little bit of a break. We're going to have a listen to Unspoken and Just Give Me Jesus. Turning over every stone I close my eyes Still I find no rest No rest For a restless heart All I've been chasing Putting my faith in Let it fade Let it break into pieces Just give me Jesus On troubled sand If I gained the world It would never be It could never be enough Just give me Jesus
You're listening to 105.1 Life FM, Bendigo's Positive Choice, and we are here, Q&A with Samuel Chizichetti and Alida Robinson, and we are tackling the commandment that tells us that we are not allowed to misuse the name of the Lord. And um, interestingly, before uh, that great song, you you talked about how we now, in the West, yes. the, the church, we have sort, sort of, we have a very superficial yeah. idea of what that means yeah. um, and we haven't really grasped the gravity of this particular um, commandment yes. the depth of its meaning yep. and what what we really need to do to obey it that's properly right. that's right so th- there are two particular uh, terms that come together which is what the NIV does there uh, there are two terms here the uh, the the two uh, fundamental words in that verse, which is uh, lashav and tisa. So lashav and tisa are the big uh, thing within that first section of the commandment. Now, when you look at what I was saying, that the word uh, lashav, uh, lashav gives you a number of meaning there: to lift up, to bear, to carry, to use. To appropriate, mm. so that's um, so that's what you um, so that's what you get. You get you get these are the meanings that Lashav gets. Yeah. Now, then you look at the word. Uh, no, that's the word. The word Tisa. Uh, then the word Lashav gives you these meanings. Um, so that which lacks reality, purpose. So that which is purposeless, mm-hmm. uh, that, that that which like value, that which like truth, and also be translated like lying, false, worthless, profane, foolish, reproachful, or useless. And so, which or blasphemy? Which of the words was that one? So that's the word lashav, which is translated in the Bible in vain. In vain. Okay. Vain. Yeah. So, do so the not other one take was take. One was take, yes. and one is yes. vain, in yeah, vain. Yeah. So it's like, don't use the name of God. Remember, Tisa, use. Yeah. And Lashav, therefore, gives you the sense: don't use the name of God in untruthful way, mm-hmm. purposeless way, in a lying way, in a uh, worthless way. Or in a reproachful way. Yeah. Okay. Those are the layers you have to peel. Okay. So, don't use the name of God in a reproachful way, in a useless way, in a lying way, in a worthless way, in a purposeless way. This is why the NIV says don't misuse. Mm. And I think for our modern uh, translation today, NIV gets it the closest. Okay. What it therefore you get there is. When you say misuse, the word misuse does have the undertone of a, you know, you, your proper use must be known yep. before you can say misuse. Like, for example, you've got a, you know, an iPhone or, I don't know, an Android phone, whatever phone you have, there is a proper use of that phone. Yep. I like to give this example. There was a, a, I had a story of a young lady in India who bought an iPad it was an iPad Pro to his dad, to her dad. So she took that iPad to her dad. She gave it, and then one day she went to visit and says, "Dad, how how are you enjoying your iPad?" And 
oh, he said, oh, it's been fantastic. And as she turned around, she saw him at the, you know, kitchen bench uh, with onions and a knife and with the iPad open uh, right on the screen. And he was chopping the onions like, chuk, 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 on the screen of the <laughs> you can imagine she's looking at her father. She's gasping. She's like, <gasps> and before she said anything, he picks up the iPad and goes to the top and he opens and he washes it and pushes it on the, put it on the dish rack. Goodness me. Now, you can even see the <laughs> yeah. look on your face, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, you would have had that look on your face only if you knew what the iPad was and what its proper use was. Mm. Now that you watch somebody who's misusing it, you know they are misusing it. Yeah. So nobody can... Say <laughs> <laughs> oh right. So nobody can properly understood do not misuse the name of the lord until they understand the proper use of the name of the lord right yeah logical and that is how the, because when god is giving them this this uh, particular command they knew the proper use of the name of god now what was the proper use of the name of god number one you see the hebrews would always say the shema shema o israel adonai eloinu adonai eloicha Adonai Echad, which means, oh, hero Israel, Adonai our God, Adonai your God, Adonai is one, right? And so Adonai is one, give you the sense that, okay, there's one God, just one God, we know that. But also the word Echad means unity. God is the unity. It's a heart that holds everything together. Mm hmm he holds the universe together. He holds your lives together. In him, we move, live, and ever being, right? So he holds everything. He's the principle that holds everything together. The laws of nature are held by Adonai. The laws of, you know, you know even the very functioning of your cells and your bones and everything is held by a heart. Without him, nothing can survive. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Now, to the Hebrews, Adonai was what held the nation together. Yep. The entire nation of Israel was held by Adonai. And so his name was the tower. It was the finality that held everybody accountable. From morality to the civil laws, everything was predicated on the name of Adonai. Without Adonai, there will be no nation of Israel. Without Adonai, there will be no walking as a, you know, say, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the house of slaves. It is me who hold the nation together. This is why for every entire interaction, every single interaction in the nation of Israel, from laws to interaction in, on the marketplace, from interaction in a community, from interaction in marriage, everything was predicated on the the, the, the foundation of the security that Adonai's name provided. Right. Yeah. So everything that they did, they did it to the glory of Adonai. Mm. They had to honor Adonai. Whatever action they took needed to honor Adonai. He was the holding principle of every commercial transaction. Mm. Every relational transaction. Every power transaction, every authority transaction was not predicated on me, what I want, what I know. No, what does Adonai set as the way for us to live? Mm. You see? Yeah. Now, so in that sense, I want to take that concept 
and then bring it today in our modern world so you can get what I'm saying. In Australia, every transaction, every interaction, at least to a certain degree, is upheld by the laws of Australia. Yes. I see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you went and did something in the name of the law of Australia, but you did something that was against or that was that would bring disrepute to Australia, what would that make you? Yes, you would have done the wrong thing. Right. Yes, you're a criminal. <laughs> That's exactly right. You've so, broken the law. Say for example for say for example, I, I'll show you how this works. Whenever you see a police officer, mm -hmm. what does he represent? The law of Australia. He represents the law. Yeah. Now if a, a police officer went and did something in the name of the law that was not lawful. Lawful. Mm -hmm. What do you reckon? Well, then he's not upholding the law. Do you think the punishment should be the same as the person who just is a regular citizen who breaks the law, who is not the representative of the law? No, I think most people would think that because they uphold that power yeah. that they should be upholding the law. So therefore, maybe um, they should be punished even more. Especially because if they did it in the name of the law while breaking the law. Yes. It's like if a judge, you know, did something illegal or that doesn't sort of go in line with the law while representing the law, while they're wearing those robes and then break the law, their punishment must be severe. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So the way to understand is that every Jew knew that in every transaction, when it finishes, it will have Adonai. Once Adonai is invoked the transaction is secure. Because you assume underneath, no one would invoke the name of Adonai unless they are truthful, mm -hmm. unless they are morally good, they're doing the right thing. Because if you call unto the name of Adonai, who is the, the rightful judge, and while you are lying in your heart, you are bringing a disrepute, a reproach. Don't use the name of the Lord reproachfully. Mm. Now, you see, as I'm saying it, I think in the most of our minds, it doesn't strike as really serious. You know why? Because names, they mean something now, but they no longer mean what really they should mean. Or the names don't really carry the weight anymore. In the Jewish tradition, the name of somebody was more important than how much money they have. Okay. This is why Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1 says, a good name is better than riches. Mm. All right? In other words, we still have that, that sort of sense here. You know, we've got defamation laws. You know, so you don't want to defame someone, right? You don't want to, you know, dirty somebody's good name, right? That's right. It used to be like that. No, no, you know, don't bring disrepute to somebody's good name. And if you do, it may cost them as much so they can actually take you to court to clear their name. Their name. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So... It is because name, when, when the Jews said the name, they didn't mean a combination of letters that pro provides the sound by which I know a leader, right? Mm. Because to every name, there was characteristics attached to it. So, for example, you will notice that in, in Jewish culture, they say, Simon, son of Jonah, or, you know, Simon of Cyrene, or, you know, uh, you know they, they always attached a an adjective to the name often when they say Simon son of Jonah 
is because whatever you want to know about this son, you know by the character of his father and then the character of the father of the father. So the good name of a family comes down the line. You see what I mean? Yep. Yes. So if somebody has brought bad reputation to a name of a family, they'll be cast out of that family. This is what justified what we call uh, Jewish uh, adoption. Most people who read adoption today don't really get what the Jews meant. Even when Apostle Paul says we've been adopted or we're born of God, how can we be adopted? Because mm. adoption did mean you were born out of a different family and then you're going to be sort of pulled in uh, and, you know, somebody's going to come and get you so you become part of their family. That's what it meant. Adoption to the Jews meant every father had to adopt his son how? When the son grows up and follows the ways of his father and carries the characteristic of his father and can represent his father faithfully, then when the father is satisfied, if I presented him to everybody and said, this is my son, he will never do anything that will bring disrepute to my name. Okay. Yeah. It is in that sense when Jesus, you will see this happening in the life of Jesus, when he comes out of the water baptism, guess what happens? A voice comes from heaven and says, Behold, this is my son in whom I am. Well pleased. Well pleased. The Jews did that ceremony publicly to adopt, and often it's at age 30. Mm-hmm. It's been, and it's now able to be able to have his business, and where, wherever he goes, the reputation, once he presents himself, whose son are you? I'm the son of such and such. Oh, yes. You can be trusted. They don't have to wait to spend two years to try to work you out. So long they know which name do you carry. Whose son are you? Mm. That was always the question. Whose son are you? And once they know whose son are you, that's how the reputation was carried from generation to generation. How oh, we know that family, the good names. But here in this day and age, somebody can just cut off themselves from their family. I don't care about all you folks. And I'm gone. So you ask, what, what, who's your father? Who's your grandfather? Who's your great-great-grandfather? Nobody knows. Mm. So we, we're living far away from the weight that is within a name. It is an extraordinary thing. A name was all it took for somebody to start a business. They may not have a capital. Yeah. All they have is a name. Well, and the, the good reputation that went with that name. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. by the name, I mean the good reputation yeah, that went with exactly. the name. Exactly, yeah. It shows up and says, look, I'm the son of such and such. Can I borrow some money? Oh, yeah, yeah. Son of, good family. We know that these people always hold a word. And they do that because everything is upheld by the name of Adonai. Mm. Oh, it's it's certainly a lot deeper than we've we've been uh, led to believe, yeah. and uh, and the discussion is, is taking us to that level. Uh, we'll just have uh, another song. This one's by a local, Steve Grace, Solid Rock. Bells, hills 
You're listening to 105.1 Life FM, Bendigo's Positive Choice, and we are learning about the value of a name. Yes, that's mm. exactly right. And so, Alida, when I, when I'm, uh, uh, the way to sort of show it in our, uh, in our society today is like as you are. You know, there could be all sorts of, you know, people that may have a, a name that has got the same, basically, combination of letters as you. I'm sure I've, I, met, I met a lady some time back whose name was a leader as well. You know, that's probably the only two leaders I've met, <laughs> yourself and that one. Now, often, like, there are people that you've met whose name is Samuel. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I've met Samuel. And people are like, okay, uh, Samuel, Samuel. They're looking into the database and they're like, I know it's Samuel. And they're trying to find out which Samuel are you mentioning. And so you can say Samuel Chisakedi. Mm. Now, once you say Samuel Chisakedi, uh, people can go, oh, yeah, we know him. But when they say we know him, they don't mean we know the combination of the letters of his name. No, no. That's not what they mean. No. They mean we know him by face. We know him by character. Let's say if I had ever done something wrong, I'd still stolen somebody's stuff. And once you bring the name, oh, we know Samuel, like, oh, yeah, that thief. <laughs> yes. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, that's Thief. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course I know him. But mm-hmm. if I, somebody who has done something good for someone, they say, oh, yeah, I know Simon. He's a lovely guy, you know. And, and I, you know, my, my desire is that I would like people to, you know, when they, oh, you know, Samuel, oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. He's da-da-da-da-da. You know, some, some people might say, oh, you know, that contentious guy? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, we won't go down there. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's what I mean. So because to every name, there are attached the characteristics of the person who bears it. Yeah. Mm. It is why you can trust. When you trust somebody, it is the name, the reputation you trust. And so whenever you, you, you know, people hear, you know, the name, uh, they want to know, hey, uh, you know, is that person trustworthy? Is that person? And so on and so forth. Mm. So when the name of God was pronounced, you see, he is not Molech, he is not, you know, uh, Astarte, he is not Baal, he's not all these demons, right? No, that's right. He said, who can be compared to me? Because mm. God is holy, is morally perfect, he, he exists by the necessity of his own nature. Mm. He is, his, his name is so great, his name carries the perfume, the way creation knows him. I'm saying every little cell of your body has got his name right, written in it. I'm saying that the, the Bible says even the, the birds know their maker. It's only the human beings who don't actually know who is their master, right? Yes. So yep. creations tremble when the Lord steps up. The mountains skip like ram. That's what the Bible says. So there's this joy that is infused in creation because he's our maker. He made us. The entire scientific fabric of the universe is held by him. The entire moral fabric of the universe is made by him. And so whenever you step up and speak his name, you better speak his name representing the characteristics of who he is. Yes. Yeah. And so, if you read Jesus, Jesus in an interesting way. I'm saying that the, 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 just there's there's a lot of power in the name. When Jesus sent his apostles, he says, "You going in whose name? In my name. Mm. In my name you cast out demon. In my name you. What, what do you mean? Just by the pronouncement of, you know, Joshua, Ye- Jesus, yeah, Jesus, Jesus in in my mother tongue. No, not by the combination. People go, oh, in the name of Jesus. That's fine." 
But because the name carries the weight, it carries the authority, the name carries the power. Now remember, power and authority are attributions that are deserved, they're justified. Yes. Mm. You see? So when he says, in my name, you go. He's like, I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you purse, I'm not giving you money. My name has got all of it. Because yeah. wherever you step up and you speak my name, there will be reverence. There will be... Trem- it, t- think about I always say when I'm at church, why do people come and sit in those pews and I'm this black dude from Africa and I stand in front of all of you and I start, what gives me any qualification? You think it's because, you know, some people think if you have a PhD, then you've earned the right. Nope. Mm. Not in the church. I don't care your PhD. I'm sitting there and you're standing up there because of the name of Jesus. Yes. He did for me and for you that which you couldn't do for me. I don't care your PhD can't do it for me. Yeah. I don't care whether you're from the royal family, you blood, whether blue or whatever, can't do it for me. Can't do what Jesus did. No. This is why people sit in your church because of the name. Mm. See, when Jesus came down here, this is what was his attitude. He came because it is, uh, you know, there's one of the scriptures that I love the most. It's called the priestly prayer. In a priestly prayer, Jesus came. He said, I have brought your name to them. You know, if you read, let's, let's, let me read, read, read this text. Uh, you know, just Where are you? John chapter 17. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read a few verses. Just bear with me. Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all that he might give eternal life to all those you gave him. Now, this is eternal life that they may come to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I have with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now, they know everything you have given. This is NIV. I think if you grab it in a, in a different verse, I have revealed your name to them. To them, yes. So it's not just I've revealed you to them. I've revealed your name to them. Mm. So I've given them your name. When Jesus said, in my name you go, it was like in my name and in the name of the one who sent me. Mm. You yes. see? Yeah. Ah, so in the name of the one who sent me and now in my name I'm sending you. Yeah. You see, the Bible says God has given Jesus a name that is high above all names. So in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Yeah. So when that name is said, it's not the name Jesus. There used to be a lot of Jesuses in Jesus' day. Yes. Jesus Basabab, for example, was one of those Jesuses. Mm. It's Yeshua. Yeshua, it's like Joshua. Mm. Jesus is Joshua. Yeah. Right? So it's not as though the combination of the letters was quite special. No. It's that the man who came here was the divine second person of the Trinity incarnate and whose life was so perfect, he accumulated upon him the reputation of a name that even demons recognize. Oh, every time he walked up, demons like, oh, Jesus, we know you, son of the most high God. If you come to trouble, as they say. Yes. That is the weight and the power of the name. Mm. So in that sense, once you have a, you've built such a good reputation, now, you take that reputation, you put it on someone. For example, let's say, I'll give you an example, Alida. You have a good friend who really knows you. You like a great person to them. They honor and respect you. 
So you give them a call and say, hey, I've got a friend of mine. His name is Samuel. He's coming over. You know, can you have them at, the, at your house for the next couple of days? They're passing through. Can you have them? And they go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I can have them. Why did they say I can have them? Because of your name. Mm. Your reputation. Yes. So when I get there, and then if I happen to, not what I'll do, I'm just giving as an example. If I get there and I steal something of theirs, mm. and I take it with me, think about it. Who are they going to call? Me. <laughs> and what are they going to say? That bloke that you recommended has stolen something from me. So you... You recommended, yes. Guess how your reputation in the eye of your friend, in the eyes of your friend would have gone. Yeah, down. So you send me people like him? Yeah. So from now on... Don't bother. <laughs> I am not trusting you again. Have you seen just what has happened? I have taken your name and I have misused it. Yes. Mm. I have put your name to shame. Mm. I have brought disrepute to your name. I have brought reproach to your name. Mm. I have misused your name. Yeah. How did you expect I use your name? You expected that I carry the reputation, the goodness. I carry what you already had built with that friend. Yes. So when I'm there, when I leave there, oh, yeah, you sent me that guy. He's really worthy of your recommendation. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So this is what held the entire nation of Israel together. Mm. Because every time, whether it was a contract of marriage, Ketub, yeah. whether it was a contract in business, once the name, it's always, it was done in the name of Adonai. Because no one wants to steal while the name of Adonai is invoked. Mm. You do you want me to go and, uh, I'm making a contract. So, so, you know, you give me a second reference, you know, you, you're giving a reference, yeah? And I go, oh, you hey, receive my friend, do business with him. He's a very honest guy. So you send me over there. And I sign the contract and I steal from the person I was going to do business with. The person going to call you and say, well, you sent me that person, says he's a man of integrity, but he's not. So you will be associated with him in lack of integrity from now on. Mm. So when people who bear the name of God. The nation of Israel bore the name of God. They carried the name of God to other nations. They carried the name of God between each other. So anyone who would sign a piece of contract that has Adonai on it and will steal or will lie will bear false witness yeah. has brought a disrepute to the name of Adonai. Mm. So if I did that to you as a friend, do you think if I ring again, Alida, can you recommend me to another friend of yours? What would you say? <laughs> I don't think so. You, what? Me? <laughs> Do you just remember what you did to my name when I sent you to my good friend I've known for 30 years? Yeah. Yeah. Our contract is finished. Mm. What, what would happen if you recommended me again while, you know, I had done such a terrible thing? It means you're not upholding your name. No. It means you don't care about you. Mm. You don't care about your name at all. Should God care about his holiness? Should he care about his righteousness? Should he care about his moral perfection? And so when people were in a position to use the name of God and they used the name of God to bring disrepute to the name of God, they therefore committed the worst of all sins. The worst of mm. all sins. This is why the, the scripture goes on saying, God will not let anybody who does that. You have basically brought dirt on God's name. 
Mm. Now let me put it in this context now today, like we we are. This is why you know you could see you know Jews could trust each other uh, in in the dealing with contract with one another. Let's put it in our context so you can see. Anybody who comes in the name of God and then does something that does not is not within the bound of what God prescribes. People who went to war in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, who slaughtered people in the name of God when he hadn't sent them. Mm. People who have abused, you know, people who sat under them and gave them the trust. People who have, you know, you, you're, you're, you're somebody who is a, a minister or a priest and you've abused little children in the name of God. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. You've taken advantage of people. What you've done is, guess what? Look at the animosity there is in our culture today against the church, the gospel, and so on and so forth. People are like, you're talking about God? No, I don't want to hear about that stuff. You know why? Because of the accumulation of the bringing of disrepute to the name of God. Yeah. Of God. Mm. Jesus didn't send you to say, go and take advantage of people. He didn't say, go and steal from them. He didn't say, go and embezzle them. He, he didn't say, go and take advantage of your, your weaker people or children or women and, and men. That's not what you do in the name of Jesus. No. In the name of Jesus, you bring salvation. In the name of Jesus, you heal the sick. In the name of Jesus, you do good. That's what you do. You bring the kingdom. Yes. And this is why anyone who did something in the name of Adonai, that Adonai that brings this repute to the name of Adonai does not go guiltless. No. No. Well we'll uh, we'll wrap this up <laughs> in a few minutes. He is uh, out of the dust with all that I'm made for. Life is more than simply chasing after things I think I need. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. For what will make me be okay There's only one thing There's only one thing There's only one thing
awake, oh sleeper, come to life. We are the children of the light. Awake, oh sleeper, come to Listening to 105.1 Life FM, Bendigo's positive choice, and we're on the run to the finish, Samuel. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's really um, created a, a better level of understanding. Yes. And, and even the part where it says, you know, will not hold, God will not hold you guiltless, who misuse his name, like within the context of what you were saying, uh, that is a lot of. Uh, one of the big reasons why a lot of people have um, turned away from the church because yep. w- what happened with with the priests and and, yep. and with what happened within the Catholic Church, but yep. not just it's it's happened throughout it's happened everywhere. Yes, everywhere. Yes. Um, uh, you know, they do cite the the wars and things, but yep. but really in the present day because yes. it's been all over the media. Mm. It's been all that stuff about the abuse of children and That's right. the, the things that have happened within the church. That's right. And because inherently people believe that someone who's representing the church and God yep. is a good person. And when they do this, it, it, it really is a wound that goes so deep. It is. That it doesn't matter how old you are. Yep. Um, it's something that a lot of people can't get over. That's right. Because, you see, and it's justifiably so, when I come to you in the name of Jesus, yep. especially when, you know, there's there's been a big shift Um uh, in what the, the church overall, you know, from the, you know, the, uh, by Catholic, I mean, or, you know, universal church. Yes. And then the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. Then the Protestant movement that came from it. And then, the, you know, the rest of the you know, independent charismatic Pentecostal churches. Uh, the shift that happened was seeing those who stand in the pulpit. I mean, those who stand in the pulpit presenting themselves as though they were... Jesus himself. Mm. Instead of I am coming in his name, I am one of you, and it can it may happen, and what it does, it does. It's sin, sin is sin. It may happen that I, I mess up, but do not mistake my behavior with Christ. Mm. It hasn't been like that. No. Because now we've got holy men, you know, the all the holy men, including you know, the head of the church is like is the infallible holy man. Right? And so if he did something that was absolutely against scripture, now they have to be associated with what Jesus taught. I've, you don't can't imagine many conversations I've had with people when I say, Okay, do you think the thing that they did is what Jesus taught? Many people go, Oh well, oh well, Jesus didn't teach that. But the wound is already there, but they represent Jesus, you know? Yeah, exactly. So there will be people... What an awesome, 
what an awesome responsibility. That's why you should fear, as yeah. you said at the beginning. Oh, yeah. This, this, you should tremble. Yeah. Because if you have done this, yeah. then, and you haven't repented of yep. it, and you've gone to your grave with this yep. sin, then. Yep. It's amazing. This is why the Jews said this is, this is the trembling commandment. Yeah. Because anytime you go and put, bring a disrepute uh, on or defame the name of Adonai, it is all the people's lives you've taken away. Mm. There are people today who may not want to hear the gospel just because of that. Yes, exactly. So this is why the and and not holding somebody guiltless is it is it is serious. I don't. I will not hold anybody guiltless who does something so horrific in his name. No, so not. horrific in yep. his name. Yeah. See, the 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 use of the name was so common in in the Hebrew tradition that if you go to Hebrews chapter six and if you read verse thirteen, the Bible says. When God made his promise to Abraham, so on every promise they will sort of swear in the name of Adonai, right? Yeah. So that to know that the promise is established, I'm not going to negate this. I'm not going to go backward. This is done once Adonai's name is invoked. When God made his promise to Abraham, since he could not, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, guess what? He swore by himself saying, he will surely bless, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abram received what was promised. See, men swear by someone greater than themselves. Yeah. The Jews always saw by Adonai. And the oath confirms what is said, put an end to all argument. Mm. Okay? And so because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the ear of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. On his name. On his name, like, yeah. I put my reputation, my character, my your know, everything that I am, I put it on the line, I will do this. Yes. So whenever you go and make something in the name of Jesus, you put everything that Jesus represents on the line, and yet you go and do what Jesus said you shouldn't do. Yes. Yes. That is serious business. Yeah, it is. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that, that's one side. I, I had one more side of this commandment, the other way it's looked at uh, within a rabbinical tradition uh, that I don't know if we've got uh, time to sort of go there. But I'm not going to open a new can. Uh, we've got to just simply, because there's another side of this, which is, it's, it's like the two sides of the same coin. But let's sort of uh, you know, cl close this one. It is from here. I want to say that this commandment was a prescription to those who know the name of the Lord. Mm. You're a believer today. You have given your life to Christ. You serve in a church. You do look after people in the name of Jesus. Watch out that whatever you do must be a true representation of the one whose name you bear, whose name you carry. Don't carry that name in vain. And you've heard me say often, the thing that we can do for each other is always to be godly. The Bible, Apostle Paul said to Timothy, practice being godly to everyone. In other words, let the character of God come through every transaction you do with anybody. This is not only just in your church, but in like many people who say, well, you know, Christians, you know, I see them, look at what they do. You know, why would I become one of them? Mm. Right? Yes. It's because whether you like it or not, wherever you put your foot, whatever you do, you will be representing the name of the one in whose name. You've already said a Christian. What, what is Christian mean? It means yeah. like Christ. Yeah. That's what Christian means. Yeah. It means like Christ. 
So if you like Christ, you know, you hear Pentecostals, we're good at this. You know, if I live, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Mm -hmm. Well, does he live in you morally? Does he live in you? In your, is your words always seasoned with salt? Is your attitude being one of grace? Is, do you represent Christ really well? Yes. Now, this might be, but I don't do this really well. Okay, well, let me now put, put, uh, put a pause and say, this misrepresentation is when it is deliberate. Mm. If it's like, oh, you stumble and you make the mistake, you can say to the person, hey, you know what? I'm a human being. I'm a Christian, but I'm stumbling and I'm, I'm into this journey of faith like mistakes. you. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So let's all look unto Jesus. Yeah. And so you can repent. You can recognize that you've made the wrong. But the person who deliberately and cunningly goes to use the name of God and uses it in vain, that is the person. So that I don't want people to have condemnation in their head. Oh, well, do you mean that I can't, you know, slip up? No, if you do, the Bible says, First John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, that we have the mediator. Yes, we do. But otherwise, anybody who intentionally carries the name of God purposelessly to bring disrepute to the name of God will not go unpunished. And that's where we will finish for today. Thank you very much, Samuel. We're uh, going on a terrific journey through the Ten Commandments and we will do that again next week. So if you want to uh, join us, uh, you can join us again next week. And um, if you want to catch up with uh, us with some any questions, please go to our website, areasonablechristianity.com.